With trucker strikes and rising inflation, food shortages are becoming a big, big problem. Don't let yourself get caught unprepared. Buy a food survival kit today from My Patriot Supply and save. Over 2,000 calories a day to keep you healthy and strong with a 25-year shelf life to ensure it's ready for you when the shit hits the fan. Go to www.bit.ly cmspnfood, order your supplies today, and invest in yourself and your family now before it's too late www.bit.ly slash cmspn food my patriot supply it's cleveland's own breaker spreading the word of toxic masculinity, i.e. white males. You better get tough. That's right. <laughs> Songs like that today, I mean, that resonated with the uh, guys like us. We were just like, yeah, fuck yeah, man. Today, it's just like, ew, toxic masculinity. Ew, ew. <laughs> right. Baggots. All right. Well, talk about a guy who, uh, over decades, we're talking 50 years now, who, um, strangely enough is still relevant today. I guess I'll let Chris make that judgment. Okay. But, uh, Steven Tyler vocalist for Aerosmith, who has been around for 50 years. Right. Uh, they had a residency in Las Vegas, but they had to cancel it because Steven Tyler purportedly was on uh, pain pills after foot surgery. Hmm. And then he had to go into rehab because he relapsed from his sobriety because uh, at 74 years old, Steven still likes the drugs. <laughs> Who doesn't? <laughs> you know, I got to be honest with you. Never never got uh, addicted to anything. I, in fact, I, I gotta be honest with you. I think in my entire life, I don't think I have ever been prescribed any kind of pain pills at all ever mm, Wow. for anything. But then again, I haven't been banged up or broken bones or you know, have been in a situation to where I needed pain management of some kind. Sure. So, you know, people have, some people are just addictive to stuff. You've admitted it yourself that, that, you know, you are a guy who will go over the top if you were given something. Oh yes. But, um, you know, again, I, I can't say that I've ever taken a Vicodin or I've never taken a any kind of pain management style pill or, or drugs at all. So I, I can't relate to it. I'm, I know it exists obviously because sure. people fall victim to it all the time, but, uh, I can't say that, uh, I've thought, man, you know, I'm, I'm like all addicted to this shit and I need to get off of it. But, at, you know, Steven Tyler, obviously a guy who's been addicted over the years to drink and drugs. Uh, and who has, uh, you know, had several stints in rehab to get clean. Um, even at this age, at 74, he's still battling that, that issue. If he comes in contact with anything that is, uh, an addictive, uh, prescription of some kind. Sure. Well, I'll agree with Steven. Drugs are wonderful. <laughs> I'm sure that they are. They are fucking wonderful. I mean. There's nothing like getting high. Getting high is so much fucking fun. And and believe me, it's a battle. When you're when you have an addictive personality, it is a battle not to do it all the time. Well, when you say it's so much fun, is mm -hmm. it is it fun like like it's a I'm just going to relate this to something fun like riding a roller coaster? Or is it fun because you you're you're at a elevated state to where you're sort of like loopy? Depends on the different drug, really, because like 
like if you're if you're doing coke as an example okay. that energy blast is great just having that that frenetic energy okay. from doing a couple of lines of coke just having that extra juice <laughs> is fantastic it's a great great fucking feeling sure by contrast if you smoke a bowl or two if you smoke a, a lot of weed especially if you smoke a good amount of weed and you get your head into that fucking uber mellow place it's a place that that you just can't get to chilling out at home you can't just there's no mellow amount of watching tv or sitting around or rubbing one out and then having that immediate right after you rub one out none of it compares right to you know getting smoked up and just being being you know out of it loopy. um yeah lo but it's not loopy that see that's a miss because because loopy loopy is more like a morphine type of a deal a okay. morphine or a percocet or something like that will leave you loopy okay. that's where you start fucking and 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 it starts lighter to a lesser degree with like mushrooms. If you do mushrooms, you do magics and you fucking or acid or stuff like that, you your brain doesn't translate quite right and you start seeing weird shit and doorknobs start turning that aren't turning you're, and you're hallucinating. It's a yeah. hallucinogen. Yeah, it's it's very it's very trippy. And okay. depending on what you do, it takes you to that level of of trippiness that you want to get to um morphine just fucking takes you out of your mind morphine is a, i i don't know and i will be honest about this one i was on the morphine bag for months months and months and months after oh, i got yeah. fried i mean, I mean dude you you, yeah. you, you got I, burned up i mean yeah you, i mean i'm, I'm not saying i was abusive on it i'm just saying that but 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 they didn't leave did they leave it up to you to um, oh no 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 do your pain management no of course not no no in fact i was so bad and this goes into me i was on the morphine i was on a wide open bag for weeks you know where they just put two two full bags of morphine in me every day mm -hmm. just to keep it because i was so fucking in pain yeah of course and and being honest the morphine didn't really kill the pain that's the big misconception it didn't kill the pain it killed my ability to fight back because dude at one point i had um 5200 staples in my back because they they basically took like a oh it looks like a wood plane type of a deal you know the, the handheld wood plane okay that you plane wood with mm -hmm. and they just ran it across my back it's ripped all the skin off my back so that they could staple it to my arm and shit right my arm my belly my fucking um so they peeled you they definitely peeled me <laughs> and they just ripped it apart you know they they ripped it and then they had to put like towels and shit over it to keep that shit moist so that i wouldn't get bed sores or any kind of shit like that or infected yeah infection all that stuff mm -hmm, sure so at some point in the recovery, I had 5,200 staples in my back and they used to put me on this fucking table. They put me on the table and they, it had a little drain up by your head and they would just kind of, the, the table could angle itself and they would take a hose and just spray down your back. And as they pulled fucking staples, you would just have water running down your face into the water and blood running down your face into the fucking drain it was fucking gross all kinds of infection and shit dripping through your fucking face well what they would do ahead of it was give me a big bolus of fucking morphine they'd be like okay we're gonna we're gonna hook you up and and i remember this nurse that i had this guy nurse named terry he would always bring in a pantera tape he was he was like my main guy that would do the staples he pull like 300 a day or something and he would put on the Pantera tape and then he would give me a big, big bolus of fucking morphine and, and a glass of orange juice. And once <laughs> I dropped the orange juice, he knew that I was fucked up enough that he could do the staples. And, and I'm telling you, it hurt every fucking last staple that they pulled out of my body fucking hurt. But I was so numbed up from the morphine that I just couldn't be like, Hey, what the fuck are you doing? It was just like, 
I, I always equate it to remember the old shades that you'd pull down, like the pull down wrap around shades. Yeah, if yeah, you no, let no, it go no, too no, quick. No. <laughs> yeah. One of those. Yeah. It was that, spring loaded. Yeah. That's what it felt like when I would get a, a bolo shot of morphine, they would give me the bolos and it would just be like, I would just feel it from my head down. It'd be like, and, and I, and then I would just be like, all right, let's do this shit. And they'd be pulling staples, and I'd be like, ah, uh, you know. <laughs> We're so fucked up, you didn't care. Yeah, I didn't care. And yeah. and the combination of being fucked up and having my Pantera music, it was like, okay, we'll just fucking deal with this shit. Mm -hmm. So morphine never, never tripped my trigger, really. You know, that being said, it was ungodly hard to get off it. Oh, yeah. They, they put me down. This was And this was my doctor's fuck up. He moved me down from um, from uh, morphine to Percocets. And because I lived so far away, he he put me on um, just, I could just re redo my prescription whenever. It was like an open-ended. This is before they had all the pain management and everything in place. That was back in 94. And I could just go to the drugstore and just get another prescription. I didn't have to do anything. I didn't have to call a doctor. I would just go in and get more. You'd just say, fill her up. Yeah, I would. And I was doing so much fucking Percocet. <laughs> I was supposed to do two every eight hours. I was taking this shit by the fucking handfuls. I was like popping six, seven of them at a time, eating them down and right. drinking them with milk. I just remember I used to chase them <laughs> with milk because the pills were chalky. Right. They were very chalky and they would stick in my fucking my throat and like even water or something wouldn't wash them down because they were so chalky. So I had to push that shit down with milk, big, heavy ass milk. <laughs> but at some point my doctor called me in and he was like, are you selling your pain medicine? And I was like, what are you talking about? No, I'm taking it. And he is like, well, you've refilled your prescription nine times in two weeks or something. And I was like, no, I'm just taking them. He's like, oh, we got to get you off this. And he took me down to fucking Tylenol three for a week uh. and then just fucking Tylenol after that. And it was like, oh, my God, uh, going from Percocets by the handful to Tylenol three. Jesus Christ, dude, that's like going from banging a supermodel to fucking banging a ham. <laughs> banging Jennifer. Yeah, even Jennifer would be better than that feeling. It was yeah. the worst going back down I'm sure all the way is. to aspirin. Oh, yeah, and I was still in a lot of pain at that point. I was not like past it. They just didn't want me to die from the pain meds. Yeah, well, I get that. Ooh, it was brutal, but whatever. I made it through and somehow I've stayed off of the pain meds for the very most part. The only time I've had pain meds since was when they fucked up my root canal. I, I got some Percocets because they fucked up my root canal. And, and that shit hurt like, like no one, like breathing hurt because the breathing was blowing air on the exposed nerve. Oh, I wanted to die. And um, the only other time was what, five years ago or whatever, when I had that back problem. Yeah. Remember when I was having all the back problems? Yeah. Yeah. That I had to get on some pain meds for a month or two to until the sciatic nerve fucking settled down, but had to get cortisone shots and everything else. That was a fucking mess. Yeah. I remember. Yeah. That was bad, but well, uh, Aerosmith singer, Steven Tyler is doing amazingly well. Mm, great. After successfully completing a 30 day rehabilitation program following his addiction battle. Good for him. The 74 year old rocker is now said to be clean and sober and doing amazingly well. Having checked out of rehab per the report, Tyler is said to have released himself from the rehabilitation facility earlier this week after voluntarily staying even longer than 30 days in an effort to ensure that he would not compromise his sobriety in the future. Right. 
The performer previously entered rehab this past May after he relapsed while recovering from a recent foot surgery. TMZ also reported that the singer's loved ones are excited about the progress that he made in rehab. Sources stated that the performer is at a healthy weight and that his complexion was good. Well, I mean, it's not like he got fat. He's never been fat. Yeah, I, I was going to say, Steven, Steven Tyler, has he ever weighed 150 pounds? I don't think he ever has. And his complexion is good. Well, that's nice to know. Yeah. You know, it, it's a weird thing with that dude because he's got all the money in the world. I mean, he's got to have a half a billion dollars. You, you got to think so at this point. Yeah. And uh, so he's got everything he could possibly want. And, you know, there, there's a part of me that thinks, you know what? If he wants to do drugs, who gives a shit? Yeah, he's but 74 there, years old. Yeah, but then there's the other part that's like, you know what? This guy has fucking got himself together. He's probably got 10 more good years to live like a goddamn king. Yeah. And he would blow that if he just started doing blow all the time again. Yeah. I wonder what he felt when he fucking first took that first pain pill. <sighs> I wonder if it was like a breakdown crying at the table yeah, or something. Like, oh, I forgot how good this was. Yeah. I forgot how good this was. Yeah. Do you think he cried at his table? I blew it. <laughs> I blew it. I mean, he well, was a long time. Didn't he, didn't he go like 30 fucking years well, or something? Yeah, it's been a long time. But, you know, if, if you remember in um, 80, what was it? nine oh it was like 90 what was it 97 98 when was the first poison tour it's like 98 right the first poison the, tour the, the, the comeback tour oh you know when yeah, they it was, it was in that Kaladner era wasn't it well that's that you brought the guy's name up which i was leading to huh. but but john Kaladner, artist development for sony mm -hmm. he paid for Steven Tyler and uh, Joe Perry's rehab. Okay. When they came back with uh permanent vacation. Right. You know, cause he invested in what he believed was going to be a very successful, uh, resurrection of a career. And, and he, he wasn't and wrong. He was, he was absolutely correct. Right. But, um, he paid for both Steven and, uh, you know, um, Joe Perry to go to rehab and got them cleaned up. He reassembled Aerosmith and, and put them back on the road to success. Yeah. He capitalized on the, uh, success of MTV, got them their high profile videos with, uh, Alicia Silverstone, mm -hmm. you know, and did all the things that he needed to do. And here, here we are, what, uh, 30 years removed. Yeah. And there's still a story. There's still a story today. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's still a, know, a huge, huge band. You know, people are still talking about Steven Tyler. Mm-hmm. What I mean, fucking hey, what a career. I mean, yeah. think about that. I mean, Aerosmith started in the early part of the seventies. Yeah. Uh when did Sweet Emotion come out? Like seventy four? Somewhere in there, yeah. Something like that. Here we are almost 50 years in and they're still being talked about kind of like yeah. the, kind of like the Rolling Stones. Well, they, they're like the next era of Rolling Stones. They're exactly, they are probably that band from the seventies. Uh, of course they're, they're a blues based rock band yeah. of this, of the seventies. Yeah. I would say they are to them and, uh, ACDC are to the seventies. What? Rolling Stones and Beatles and who were to the sixties. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So, so here, uh, Aerosmith was scheduled to do a residency in Las Vegas because if, you know, I know you haven't been to Las Vegas in umpteen years. Right. I, I think the last time I was in Vegas was like four years ago and I'm probably going to go this year. Okay. I'm, I'm thinking probably September. I'm not, I'm not going to go during the middle of the summer, but my goal is to go to Vegas. I'm going to go uh, race the cars. 
They got okay. a, who are you going with? I, I may take Taylor. Okay. But but there there's a you know, there's a racetrack out there and you can drive some really high performance cars out there. Right. And that's kind of my goal. That's kind of what I want to do. They have a McLaren and they've got uh, the mid-engine uh, Corvette and things that you can do. And you can race, you know, go out there and race actually on the track. Right. And that's kind of what I want to do. I, you know, the rest of the stuff is great. You know, I, I love Vegas. I, I, I don't go often. You know, I go every few years, but, uh, you know, I think, I think in this, in the fall, I'm going to go and, sure. and go do this race thing because that, that to me is just like a lot of fun. And I might do the, uh, the tactical, um, gun training thing. Okay. They, they got a big, um, tactical, uh, gun training right. deal that is like two days worth and you can get like a certificate and stuff. So I might do that as well. Right. So I might go out there for like three, maybe four days. Sure. And Dude, do that's this. where you're going to retire anyway. Or I'm not going to go to Vegas. I mean, Vegas is, is kind of a cesspool, but not it's fun. in Vegas, but I, I, I could see you retiring out there somewhere, like kind in of in the, in the high desert somewhere. Yeah. Me and Ted Kaczynski with all my guns and shit. Art Bell's wife. <laughs> out in Pahrump. Out in Pahrump. Exactly. <laughs> I could but, see you retiring out there because you like going to LA and you like going to Vegas. It is. It's it's fun. I I enjoy it. I enjoy it. But uh, you know, I I think I'm going to go do the race car thing, and I'm going right. to go do the gun, you know, the tactical weaponry thing, just right. you know, shits and giggles. But but Vegas, you know, when I used to go, I used to live three hours south of Vegas, and I used to go up there probably every other month because I used to get these, uh, these, they used to call them junkets. I don't think they mm. call them that anymore, but, uh, I used to get them in the mail all the time and you could go to Vegas and go to like Imperial palace or go to what is now the stratosphere, but it used to be called Bob Stupka's Vegas world. Okay. And you could get a room there for $10 a night. Wow. 10 bucks a night. That's pretty sweet. Well, because they wanted you to spend your money at the, at the casino, right? But, but, but I'm not a gambler. So, so I would go there and I would get a room at, you know, whether it was the sands or, you know, when that existed or, or Imperial palace or whatever. And I, I could stay there for $10 a night. Right. Nice. And I'd go there for three days and I'd spend 30 bucks on the room for yeah. three nights spend more on dinner exactly <laughs> so so i would go out there and just kick around and you know hang out and and again i've told the story a million times on the show about going for the evil knievel or rather robbie knievel yeah. jumping the fountains at caesar's palace and sure you know that was a good time that was just oh, yeah. a fun time it's not quite the same what it used to be years ago but it was a great time and i still I still enjoy going. No. I, I went, like I said, I went about four years ago was the last time I was there and it's still fun. I still like to go do some stuff. I'm not, I don't go because it's gambling, but, mm -hmm. but there's still a lot of things to do that are sightseeing type things. Yeah. And, uh, I, I want to go again and I think I may go in the fall. Right. Last time I went was probably 15 years ago <laughs> right. and, and I didn't have fun at all. I hated it. I, I was trying to stay out of the casinos and do all the other stuff, but it just felt too touristy for me. It just, it is, it, it is very touristy. Yeah. I like, I'll be honest. I like Reno better. I always have. I well, always like Reno a lot better. Reno, unfortunately at this point, that's pretty much dead. Is it? Yeah, the the casino. A lot of the casinos have closed up, and it's just not what it used to be. It's almost mm. like a ghost town anymore. No, well, I mean I haven't been to Reno in thirty years, but of course. But I used to go when I lived in California. We used to drive up to Sacramento and drive mm -hmm. over the mountain and yeah, well, <laughs> pop uh, into yes. Reno. Yeah, go over to the Donner Pass and go up mm -hmm. to Reno. Yeah, I I I've been to Reno two three times. You know, and it used to be the, what, what, what do they call it? The biggest little city in the world. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
and it was many Las Vegas. Yeah, but it was, it was, it was fun. It was fun. I agree. I've been there, but, uh, it's not like that anymore. Mm. So it's just a fucking broke dick town now. Pretty much now. Yeah. Well, that sucks. Uh, the media outlet stated that Tyler was well aware of his potential consequences that a lapse in sobriety could carry. It was also noted that his friends and family were fully supporting him through his continued recovery. Uh, I want to know, know what he did. Well, he did he do there. like one pill or did he fucking start feet, take one and start fiending and do like 10 lines of blow I, or something? Well, from the way that I'm reading this and I don't know the answer, but, uh, he was on some kind of pain ma management because of his foot surgery. Yeah. And he probably just like, like what you just said a few minutes ago. Oh, I was taking like seven or eight of those a day. I was just like, oh. <laughs> and, probably. And he, well, the thing is, is that they had this residency that they were supposed to do. And I don't know what kind of money that Aerosmith as an entity was being paid for this, but they had to cancel the thing. Yeah. So they had to forfeit what? couple million bucks yeah yeah oh yeah i mean i'm sure it cost them a lot of money but yeah. I, I just can't i i have so many i would love to ask the questions and i don't it, he'll never answer them but yeah, get him on the show god damn yeah it. let's get him you but, got a lot of pull. get him oh, on the sure show. i do sure yeah. we're gonna have steven tyler on the show next week that's right we're, we're gonna ask him the very important question steven how much were you really taking yeah and tell me all about it and be snappy about it too, fucko. Put up with 30 years of bad songs. Least you could do is give me an honest answer. Yeah. Now I, I just what can you imagine being the guy that sells Steven Piercy a bag of blow? Steven Piercy or, or Steven Stewart? Steven Tyler or Steven Piercy at this point, but <laughs> yeah. you know, can it can you I mean you got to be bold to do that. You know, a guy that's been sober for 30 years and is high profile like that. You would have to be some kind of bold to say, Hey, Steven. Hey, Steven, I got some good shit. Yeah, I got the goods. Take you right back to the toxic twins days, my friend. Exactly. Yeah. Sweet relive emotion. The, relive the glory years, man. Exactly. We're going to call this. You take this. You will be dreaming on, my friend. You will be dreaming on. <laughs> An announcement about the singer's relapse was previously previously made by the long-running rock band this past May. The statement read, as many of you know, our beloved brother, Stephen, hey, brother, hey, uh, brother. Has, has worked on his sobriety for many years. After foot surgery to prepare for the stage and the necessity of pain management during the process, he has recently relapsed and voluntarily entered a treatment program to concentrate on his health and his recovery. They continued, we will continue our 2022 dates starting in September, and we'll let uh, you know any further updates as soon as we can. We are devastated that we have inconvenienced so many of you and breached our contract and could possibly be sued. Uh, <laughs> that's not what they said. <laughs> I was going to say, damn. That's pretty honest. As a, especially our most loyal fans and our backers and the people who put up so much money who believed in us as an old aging rock band who paid us millions of dollars to perform in Las Vegas, but we can't because our singer's fucked up. Because yeah, our singer's a junkie. <laughs> Thank you for your understanding and your support for Steven during this time if you purchase your tickets by way of Ticketmaster, you will be refunded and will receive an email shortly with details. Otherwise, please contact your point of purchase for information yeah. on refunds. Why don't they say what it is? You'll get an email saying how you can repurchase the new tickets to the it's, new dates. Yeah, at a higher price than what you pay yeah. due to the Biden inflation. Uh, and due to the, what? what is that new thing that they do on Ticketmaster? Due to high high uh, oh, demand resale values yeah that whole fucking high demand bullshit you know I, I i have not purchased a ticket through Ticketmaster in boy i'm gonna say at least a decade right 
but I looked at Ticketmaster Friday yesterday mm-hmm. because I was looking at the Poison Motley Crue tour shit. Yeah. And I see that whole disclaimer on there that the ticket prices may fluctuate. Due yeah. To blah, 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 blah. This is whole a whole scam. Of by, course. Because they established a third-party ticket sailor mm-hmm. entity outside of Ticketmaster. And, you know, again, I don't know how it all works, but my suspicion is, is that Ticketmaster sells their first run tickets to their second run entity Mm -hmm. just to jack the prices up. Yeah. Yeah. If there's dude, sometimes it's just bullshit. And I don't care though. Allegedly it's bullshit, but I'm going to say what I'm going to say. I bought my USFL tickets, my USFL super bowl tickets. Now I watched the USFL. I am that fan. And apparently if you watch the USFL, you know, I'm about the only fan that watched the fucking USFL. Literally. I am not kidding you. If it was not a Birmingham stat, they played all their games in Birmingham. Okay. So if it was not a Birmingham stallions game, no lie, no more than a hundred people in the stands. Yeah. Because literally, because you as Chris Aiken in the Cleveland, mm-hmm. Akron, Ohio area, don't care. You're, you're not going to make the trip. Yeah. No. Down to Alabama to go. Exactly. So there was no, but my point is there's not tons of demand for this fucking league. Now the USFL tickets went on sale. I logged on to Ticketmaster quite literally at the time that they went on sale because stupid me thought, well, it's a championship of a sport that's on TV. <laughs> it, it probably will have a lot of people trying to get these tickets. Out. I better get my yeah. ticket quick. So I logged in, I searched for the USFL. I found the chair and I mean, I'm no more than a minute in. Okay. 10 one, the day the tickets go on sale. First thing I get is that message due to high demand, high demand ticket prices may fluctuate. Yeah. And I was like, there is no fucking way on this league that I'm watching that has 50 fucking fans in attendance at all the games, right? That they're going to come to Ohio. That doesn't even have a team and they're going to be sold out in one minute. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here with that shit. And I mean, I got the tickets for 20 bucks. I mean, they, they didn't fluctuate the price, mm-hmm. but if they would have fluctuated at even 10 cents, I wouldn't have bought the tickets. Yeah. Well, well, again, due to high demand, while yeah. we transfer these tickets from our main site to our secondary site. Yeah. Fuck off. You know, it, 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 they, they somehow live nation, i.e. Ticketmaster, whatever. Yeah. They figured out a loophole. Mm-hmm. to somehow transfer these tickets from their main ticket site over yeah. to some secondary site yeah. just to jack the prices. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's crazy. It's absolutely, it, I mean, it's atrocious to buy tickets. If you don't buy them at the box office, then you're getting raped. Yeah, I I, I won't. I will never buy tickets through Ticketmaster ever again. I I do if I have to, but I've gotten to the point now where, you know, for years, I I didn't like to be the guy calling bands, calling friends, you know, because I don't like to do that. That just feels very lame. You know, it feels really lame to hit up a friend and be like, hey, bro, love to come see you, but I'm too cheap to fucking spend the money. Yeah. You know, it feels really lame. I agree. But now these days, I, I won't even hesitate to do it just because you get fucked if you don't. I agree. You know, it's when when I went to see Plush, what, two months ago or whatever it was, month two, whatever that was. Um, I looked online because I was going to buy tickets first. And 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 I got hit with that fucking high, high demand bullshit. And the tickets were like $40 tickets for 60 bucks. 
And I was like, nope, no. And then sure as shit, I go to the show and it's half empty. So there was no high demand. No. The fucking it's, show is half empty. Yeah, people didn't buy the tickets. No. Ticketmaster bought the tickets and told me that there was none to buy. Yeah. Fucking cocksuckers. I agree. Uh, TMZ sources stated that the singer would be more than ready to get back on stage. Aerosmith was previously scheduled to start a series of shows in Las Vegas last month. Although the appearance was canceled, the band's next show is scheduled to take place at the main savings amphitheater in Bangor on September 4th. Their Las, Re their Las Vegas residency at the Dolby Live Park MGM will start on September 14th and it will run until December 11th. So right. for, for basically two months, what is that? September. Oh, wow. It's, it's longer than that, right? September yeah. to October, October to November, almost three months. Mm -hmm. How about that for guaranteed, um, uh, income? Yeah, it's solid. That's nice. Yeah. Well, I, I will not be going. Will you be going since you're going <laughs> no. to? I, well, to again, I, I don't know that I'm going for sure, but, uh, regardless of that, that's a nice payday. Yeah. Not, not that they need it. I would hope they don't no. need it per se. No, I'm going, I'm going to just smaller shows these days. I'm going, I'm going in two weeks to, um, the, the to, uh, see fake Asia. <laughs> Who now was in that Jeffrey downs? No, that's, that's real Asia. I'm going to see fake Asia, the John Payne version. Okay. It's John Payne who was like, came in after all the hits were over. All right. He came the singer. He came in in 91 and then a bunch of other guys. I don't know if any of them were actually in Asia, but they put it's, it's the guys that played on the, the jewels like aqua and Aurora. And I hate to tell you, dude, but when I was in high school, my senior year in high school, 82, mm -hmm. yeah. that's, that's when Asia debuted. I remember dude, I had that. That was my freshman year of high school. <laughs> I, so 40 years of Asia. I played and, the and, shit out of that tape. Well, again, the, this is kind of where I'm trying to go with this. Aside from their debut release, mm -hmm. was there anything after that that was noteworthy? Absolutely. Was it? Absolutely. The second album had two monster hits on it. It had, um, <laughs> it had the smile has left your eyes. Okay. And it had, what was that other song? It had it was no such idea. a monster. And then Asia Aqua had the great song. Go get up and go. Oh my that God. That was a great song. I loved Asia. Well, again, I, I had a friend. I, well, actually I had a couple of friends in high school. Yeah. They, they were doing, um, I don't know if you want to call it a top 40 band or mm -hmm. they weren't like a tribute band. They were just sort of like playing popular songs. Yeah, and, don't cry. Thank you, Ben Benjamin. And they were covering some Asia songs. Fucking but right. This, as they should. But, but this was 1982, but after 82, what was going on with Asia? Dude, Asia and Asia. One of the biggest concerts in MTV history. <laughs> I stayed up till three in the morning to watch that. Did you? I most certainly did. Yeah. Give me a little. Don't cry. People are putting it in there. Oh, right. it's a great song. Look at that. Journey or Asia? It's Asia. <laughs> so the great journey. band Asia. Stop it. This, this is Final Frontiers. Stop it. <laughs> this is not Lover Boy. This is a fucking great band. <laughs> this is this is Journey from Final Frontiers. Yeah, they were the they were Journey in between Journey records. Yes. 
same song no not at are all you, asia was you, way better are you sure asia was way better oh. <laughs> it's the same goddamn song your hearing is starting to go my friend all oh, right that's not the same That's not the same at all. Are you sure? I'm positive. Don't cry is faster and has more oomph to it. All right. I like Asia. Are you sure that's not the same song? Positive. Positive. It's a great song. That that is definitely the whole guilty pleasure thing. I love Asia. Uh, well, again, th this came out in '82. Well, that song came out in '83. Well, not, not specifically this song, but I'm yeah. what I'm saying is that Asia kind of hit in '82. Sure. And uh, you know, obviously, everyone knows this one. Of course. I never meant to be so bad to you. One thing I said that I would never do. <laughs> so great. <laughs> but again, let's just put the in context the first two records. Mm hmm which was 40 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> was there anything good after that? Yes. What? Play the song. Um, play the song. Go from Asia Astra. That's a great song. <laughs> really? Fuck. Yeah. From 85. <laughs> okay. That Asia was the go? shit. Was it? Yeah. Go. Yeah. That's a great song. All right. Asia go. Yeah. All right, here we go. What am I in church? Yes, Church of Heavy Metal. Is this a soundtrack from Karate Kid? Or you something? can make fun of it all you want. This is the good stuff. Really? This is the good stuff. <laughs> Asia was great. I'm They're sure still that. great. I can name songs even older than this or newer I'm, than this. I'm sure you could. <laughs> are, are you sure this isn't from Vision Quest or something? No, this is the good quality music. Right. Dude, give me some. I'm down again. Direction is changing. Which way? Which way can I go?
I love it. <laughs> I love Asia. Dude, guys, moving forward, give me Who Will Stop the Rain from um, Asia Aqua. <laughs> it's a great song. All right. Who, uh, this, this isn't a CCR cover? No, it's not. All right. Who Can Stop the Rain? No, it's not that. It's not that lame song. It's a great song. It's an All Asia right. song. All right. Yes, quality. <laughs> is this is this from nine zero two one zero? Sounds like yes, nine zero nine zero one two five or whatever. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's good. Asia was owner, great. Owner of a lonely heart. Fine, say that all you want. It's a big generator for me too. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Holy shit. Dude, you're 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 just jaded. Dude, I'm not saying I don't like this. It's it's just not original. It's 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 yes, I get it. Just, it exactly. It is yes. I get it. I, I certainly wouldn't say that it's not. Yeah. I mean, didn't some of those guys come from yes? I think Billy Shearwood is in the band. He so, was in so, Yes. Yeah. You know, there was like a ton of people who just filtered through Yes. Yeah. And filtered through Asia, too. I'm looking at the list right now. There's 20 fucking five people that were in Asia. Right. Good Lord. There's a lot of people, but I love Asia. I am. I, I'm still on board with Asia. I, I'm looking at their album list. I think I own every one of these all the way up to 2014 with Gravitas. Right. I'm pretty sure I do own all these. All right. I love them. I can't wait to go see them in a couple of weeks, even if it is fake Asia. I don't give a shit. You can fool yourself. Yeah. You can cheat until you're blind. You can cut your heart. I like that song. I'll be honest with you. I'm a big fan of the yes, um, you know, release 90125 or sure. 9012, whatever that is. Yeah, 90125. That's it. Yeah. And uh, I, I like that album. I was working in the record store. I heard mm -hmm. it a lot. It was just like, it's the return of Yes, man. Sure. You know, and it sold a shit ton of records. Uh, it, well, Owner of the Lonely Heart was massive. Yeah, of course. But yeah. but again, it was MTV driven. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You the know? album they did after it was better, though, as far as Yes goes. I love that big generator. Yeah, big generator. That fucking record ruled. Mm -hmm. And what was that song? Uh, the Rhythm of Love. Yeah. That's a great fucking song. And the song Big Generator was pretty fun too. <laughs> Dude, I'm all about these pop stuff, these pop yeah. records from the eighties. I love yeah. it. Well, what was kind of funny is that, uh, you know, they were what people referred to as progressive mm -hmm. 
you know, <laughs> it was just, it was a lot of keyboard driven songs, yeah. which, you know, in the eighties, finally they perfected the, uh, synthesizer. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of bands were really taking advantage of the new technology, which was sure. the synthesizer. And they were able to finally narrow it down because if you look at like, um, uh, ELP or, or even yes, back in the seventies, they had this massive, massive keyboard arrangement oh, yeah. and mm-hmm. finally they were able to, um, get it down to like a Casio sure, and make the same sounds or whatever for, you know, synthesizer. Yeah. And, uh, so everybody and their brother, uh, was doing synthesized music, you know, mm-hmm. and a lot of the new wave bands, whether it was flock of seagulls, soft cell, whatever, everybody was using the, the synthesizer, even, sure. yes, you know, mm-hmm. Oh, I agree. I definitely am not going to argue that point. I just loved it. And, and I don't care what anybody says about the debut. The debut has six fucking quality songs. Six. production and everything that was going on in the uh, mid to late eighties, mm-hmm. everything was about the big sound. Oh yeah. And, you know, big, you big know, arena sound. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and, you know, going back to something that was a little more hard, you know, harder edge is uh Bon Jovi slippery. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. You know, they, they kind of capitalized on that whole thing as well. Sure. You know? But that was the whole thing. It was just like bigger, better, bombastic, mm-hmm. you know, large sound arena, arena rock. Yeah. And and the thing is, is that the funny thing about uh, Yes is that they were a uh, early 70s band. Yeah. And they were capitalizing on something 15 years later yeah. that, that more or less made what they were doing in a pioneering sense uh fashionable mm-hmm. well, you know they, because- they stole their idea from genesis they watched yeah. genesis and and genesis trans transitioned from a total prog band to a fucking pop band and and yes was like wait a minute we can do that too and they did because yeah. if you think yeah. about it these all came out at the same time mama or the genesis self-titled and abacab those came out right at that time didn't they 81 82 they did. And the other one was, uh, Emerson Lake and Palmer. Oh they, yeah. You know, they were doing that very early on as well as King Crimson. Mm-hmm. King you know, Crimson's re- awful though. Oof. Well, regardless if you like them or not, they were still capitalizing on this early synthesized music. Mm-hmm. You know, they were using a keyboard driven 
something or another, you right. know, it, it was very, uh, what do you want to call, um, the, it was very early in the, in the progression of, you know, synthesizers, keyboards, sure. whatever the case may be. And, the, you know, it became, uh, popular in the eighties. Of course I'll take, I'll, t- I'll tell you what. I'll take the keyboard sound of these fucking Asia records over that new journey song. <laughs> All right. That's for damn sure. Right. Yeah. Give me a little bit of, um, only time will tell. I did this. I, I, I'm so excited for this Asia show. You, I can't even tell you, I'm really pumped up for it. All right. Cause it's going to be, um, they're, they're doing the 40th anniversary of this album. So they're going to play this whole album. Okay. That's going to be great. And then they're doing the 30th anniversary of um Aqua, I think, which has go on it. So I'm excited about that too. And where is this taking place? The Music Box Supper Club. Where's that? Um down in the on the um West Bank of the Flats like across oh, Okay. across from the Powerhouse and across from from um Nautica or whatever that's called now. All right. All right, fair enough. Like where the comedy club and shit is over there now. Where, there shooter, where shooters used to be. Right. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So good. You're leaving now It's in your eyes There's no disguising it It really comes as no surprise To find that you planned it all along I see it now It comes so clear your insincerity Me, your starry-eyed You think that I would have known by now Now, sure as the sun will cross the sky This lie is over Lost, like the tears that used to tie Me over So good. The thing is sure. Man, I tell you that that definitely was an era, man. I love that stuff. Yeah. Dude, I, I could tell you, you're not alone with your thoughts on this. Cause I hit Kelly up when I saw this one was coming, and I was excited. I ain't gonna lie. I was like, fuck yeah, even if it's fake Asia, I'm in. <laughs> you know, I, I'm in. I mean, most of those guys were in Asia at some point, and and yeah. I looked them up on YouTube, and they sound pretty good. Sure. So I, I was like, okay, cool, I'll go. And I was all pumped up, and I called Kelly, and I said, hey, you want to go see Asia? And she was like, really? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's like, well, I'll go. I'm like, okay, that's a ringing endorsement. <laughs> I'll go. <laughs> Well, I, I remember, you know, since we're talking the resurrection of the seventies, sure you know, bands that, uh, kind of disbanded for a while. And then they can't kind of find their footing again. And they came back like, yes, mm-hmm. but, uh, Emerson Lake and Palmer, they came back as Emerson Lake and Powell with cozy yeah. Powell mm-hmm. and, and they had a, you know, release Emerson Lake and Powell out. Yeah. You I may remember that. this one. You may remember this one. Man in the street, nowhere to sleep, 
No time for nothing, nobody believe. Battle to the metal, nobody know. You're running with the devil, it's touching and go. Believing you're nothing, nowhere to go. Just put you in the corner like an old banjo. The strings are breaking, but you can't say no. You're running with the devil, it's touching and go. Did you say you say that I may remember it? I own that album even today, thank you. Dude, it also had Lay Down Your Guns, which was another great song on that album. See, there there's another band that kind of made their bones in the 70s using, you know, early technology mm-hmm. uh, that that allowed them has synthesized music. Oh yeah. The EOP. Sure. And, and unfortunately, only one of those guys are still alive today. Yeah. Who Palmer? Uh Greg Lake. Yeah, I think um I think he might be the only surviving member. Yeah, because Palmer's in Asia. Yeah, that's that's kind of why they did the ELP because he was in Asia. Yeah, he wasn't gonna quit fucking Asia to go back to ELP. Exactly. Yeah, so they got another P guy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which was kind of funny because Asia was still burning up the charts per se mm-hmm. and you know uh emerson lake and palmer elp they kind of wanted to do something and they were just like okay well one of our core members he's doing something else so we'll get cozy powell yeah. he starts with a p i guarantee you that was part of the choice too i guarantee you they didn't want to be elq or whatever <laughs> guarantee you all right, give me a little lay down your guns from E.L. Powell. E.L. Powell. E.L. Powell. E.L. Powell. All right, so let's see here. Here we go. Do you remember this one, lay down your guns? Yeah, here we go. Lay down your guns. Do you remember this? Yeah, kind of vaguely. And feel no regret. Life is too short, my friend. Best to be forget. No matter how we rise and fall, and how our love is torn, we'll stand up high above. The storm. Still, our passion calls, and the juices fall like the rain from the sky. We have to understand with the flame that feeds our desire. God knows it must survive. Lay down your guns and hold on tight. We'll prove the world is wrong and get it right. No need for you to worry now. The best is yet to come. Lay down your guns and stand up strong. (laughs) And then somehow he became George Michael. Sounds like George Michael a lot. Yeah, pretty much. That's Good stuff, cool. though. Man, yeah. I haven't listened to them songs in ages. Yeah. E.L. Powell. I love that. I always like that ELP record. It's yeah. a good record. <laughs> 
I remember they that was the whole big comeback. Yeah. It's like we haven't heard these guys since the seventies, and here they are, they're back. Yeah. yeah, and they had like the Stonehenge guys on the cover. On the album cover, it was like look like Stonehenge guys. Yep. Yeah, I I I love that record. I still have it somewhere here. I actually yeah. have a physical copy. Me, me having a physical copy of something. Thanks for checking out this episode of The Classic Metal Show. Get all of our episodes uncensored at www.theclassicmetalshow.com. Join us weekly from 9 p.m. till 3 a.m. Eastern at www.cmsradio.net. Participate in the live chat room at www.chatandkill.com. Once again, thank you for checking out The Classic Metal Show with Neely and Chris. Hail and kill. Fuck you, pal. Ninja!